Hi, I'm Wendy, and I sometimes like to reread things. <laughs> yeah, I'm Brandon, and I like to reread things, and sometimes I enjoy it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we like to hang out and talk about books. In this case, it's just stuff that we're rereading and figuring out if we still like it and why we may have liked it in the first case. Yep, and sometimes we make sense, and sometimes we don't. In this episode, we discuss The Years of Rice and Salt by Kim Stanley Robinson. As usual, we talk about all aspects of the plot, so if you're interested in reading it beforehand, please do so. Years of Rice and Salt was your pick. <laughs> yes. How'd it go? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think pretty well. Uh, it was one of those where it was long ago. It was long enough ago that I ha I remembered liking it, but not really any of the particulars of reading it. So all I remembered pretty much was alternate history and the Bardo, and that was it. Uh, and I picked it up, and it was really weird, like having that. It was a it was a rereading experience that I haven't had in a while, which was pretty much you know like I would be reading, and then little tiny memories would would kind of ping and they never really became like concrete uh, but it was I loved the opening chapter captivated me again I remembered that and then I had the same experience with the second chapter which I did not like so it was just <laughs> it was very much much like that so what about you um you know it was a real well it was a similar length of time I think because I read this about the time when it was originally published you know maybe a year or two later and that was 2002 mm -hmm. so it's been nearly 20 years since yeah. I read this book uh, I remembered the bardo and thinking that was a really cool technique I didn't remember a whole lot of the alternate history and the changes some of it started coming back to me as I was mm -hmm. reading but not a whole lot of it there were some things that I remember wrong and that kind of colored my memory of this because I remember absolutely loving this book and this time it did not work so well for me yeah I think we're probably I don't know about like exactly the same but I realized again maybe why this is the only Kim Stanley Robinson book that I have ever made it through and I'm not super stoked to have made it through this one twice uh, and I, I'm wondering how much of the novelty you know of the structure had worn off and how much more i felt some of the things that i just find kind of tedious can see why it might hook certain readers but uh, i i don't really enjoy just throwing that out there <laughs> i mean parts of it i did like but i mean for one thing this is a very long book yeah i did get to the point of having to put myself on a schedule to make sure that i finished it in time some of the characters are interesting. I remember really thinking that device of the Bardo was cool and having the characters come back. But this time as I was reading it, like the individual chapters or books within, the characters oftentimes didn't feel a whole lot like, like the same character. Or like I would forget who was in the Jati, the, the Bardo mm -hmm. group. I was always like, okay, was there an N person? Was there a Z person? Mm -hmm. I, I, B, I, and K were the three characters that I could remember consistently. And then you get to the very end and like it calls all of them out in that thing about the avalanche. Mm -hmm. And there's way more than I would have guessed uh, or paid attention to throughout the book. I don't know where I'm going. I gotta land this point somehow. <laughs> 
But Kim, I was going to say Kim Stanley Robinson didn't, but you know, which is super crappy. So I have read a couple other things by him. I read the Mars trilogy when that came out, and I really liked it. But I have tried to reread it and not been able to. And I read one of his more recent books about climate change, and uh, I would—I don't, I don't think it's relatively near future. I think it, maybe it was twenty three twelve might be the one that I read. I think maybe I'm not a Kim Stanley Robinson fan, mm-hmm. um, especially where this book ends up. The last, I don't know, maybe couple hundred pages where you're getting really into like what is history and how do we view the events of the past and who gets to record them and who uses them for what purpose. I mean, it's just not the kind of thing that I read a whole lot of. And honestly, there were multiple times where this book made me think, oh, I'm missing something here. There is something very important here that he is trying to get across. and I do not understand any of it. And honestly, it made me feel kind of dumb. So didn't love it. No, and I don't like that. I, I enjoy the... When people... When writers go on those long kind of things and they bring you along and I think it's that that feeling of when you feel um, like you're learning something or you're smarter than you are or you know something about that and yeah I think if you're feeling like you're you're reaching for something that does get get frustrating. I wonder if I would have had a better time with this if it had been considerably shorter but maybe maybe not and it might just be that I wanted different things out of it. I found myself questioning why I would read alternate history or an alternate history like this because it does it I mean it it varies so wildly from its point of divergence with actual history and I a lot of that stuff is interesting but also there were multiple times where I questioned and I mean, Robinson is a PhD. I am sure he did research on this. And I, I read an interview or something with him, and and like he he knows a lot of the stuff about the cultures that are in this book. But there were times, particularly talking about Islam, where I thought he was particularly negative mm-hmm. on Islam as a culture, and it kind of felt like. This, there's this huge alternate history where things have diverged so much, but Islam is exactly the same as the way it was seen primarily in popular culture 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that felt limiting. Yeah, there were a couple other just like, because of maybe the amount of it looked like care and research that had gone into certain things, like just the holes. And I thought that that was, that felt like one of them. And I think the other one was the attempts to maybe get like the sort of, well, Western Hemisphere into things, and um, I'm not an expert, but I did. What was it? I like did one of those thread kind of things where I looked at like a really old Tor.com review of this book by Joe Walton, uh, and it was, as you might expect, you know, a well-written, you know, kind of piece. But in the comments, you know, I think there was someone who was like, um, "I am a Native American reader," and I think it was pretty much a WTF. Like we couldn't have reverse-engineered the the you know the machines on our own. 
Uh, no, we had to have, you know, basically, you know, this savior figure come in. And I thought, yeah, like when I was reading it, I thought, well, that seems kind of, it, it shouldn't seem out of the question once you introduce that, especially to have your people reincarnated in that section. And I know that, you know, there was maybe some of that, but I thought that that part was was a little odd. And so there, there were just some of those those pieces that, that didn't fit together. And when I'd selected this book, I had this weird thing where I was, for some reason I had wondered if it wasn't like somehow like the Chinese depiction, like the, the Chinese culture had stuck in my head. And I was like, wait, was that was that inappropriate or, you know, there was something about that. And, um, but I, I think that maybe, yeah, that maybe the Muslim culture or Islam in particular had a, had a rougher go of it. They were at least in the book. Right. Like, uh, sub-Saharan Africa is almost entirely absent from this book. Mm-hmm. And you get just a little bit of Northern Africa where they talk about Morocco and I think Egypt gets mentioned. Mm-hmm. And there's just, and, I mean, as long as this book is, you can't put everything sure. in there. But if you've got a group of people that are reincarnating and can go anywhere in the world, um, yeah, the the North American stuff and the uh, and the South American stuff. I mean, the the Inca culture as mm-hmm. it was depicted in the book really kind of felt like okay, let's just go over here and see what's happening for a little while because I'm going to reintroduce them later as a major power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just feels like ignoring the vast continent of Africa one more time just seems well, pretty ludicrous. I mean, especially since so much of it is focused there. And yeah, so that was that was frustrating. And I shouldn't, you know, like, damn a writer for not, as you say, like it's a long book, you know, like for everything. But it just seemed like the way that some of the things were framed, it wasn't, it wasn't satisfying. At the same time, I mean, even though I didn't always enjoy it, I admire a lot of the skill that was involved. I mean, sort of taking, I mean, just not imitating necessarily, but, you know, having like those models of like the style of the people. I mean, you know, hats off. That's pretty amazing. That Yes. I mean, I am not familiar enough with the writing of a lot of those different periods to be able to go, okay, this is what's happening and this is what he's referencing. But I could at least tell that there were differences mm-hmm. from one book to the next and see that the, the writing progressed over time and there were and there were those differences. Yeah. So Yeah. And it's part of um and it, I just it was one of them where like, why did I fall for this again? Because you know, I love again that opening, I just I loved the the narrative, the character, the device, you know, of the just, you know. Oh, well, we'll find out in the next chapter what's going to happen. And I found that so charming. Um, But I think it also falls into, you know, you promised me monkey. And maybe, but not exactly, you know. So I thought that there were some things that it, you know, maybe like throughout there that I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, And it it kind of fell apart. And then I just, once again, the Bardo switch, super cool. I enjoyed that. And then you just get into it. I'm just, my taste is not so, so I can say, yes, you have, you have captured the flavor of some of this style of writing, but I just found it very rough going. And there's really important things that are in that chapter, but I just found myself again, skimming big passages of it. And it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, that did. So, so it really was a, it was a test. I think, uh, for me as a reader, one that I often failed. 
you know, the Bardo was one of the things that we both remembered. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember it being really impressive. But one thing that I noted is that it almost seems to fall away as you go through the book. And it feels less like a narrative about souls being reincarnated and changing mm -hmm. as just an opportunity to tell an alternate history. Yes, very much so. And again, I'm asking for things that the book doesn't, I mean, the book is what it is. I shouldn't try to force it, but I realized what parts of my imagination had been captured. And I really wanted like the story of those souls. Uh, and I think I'm, I was trying to, I've been chewing over, you know, this, this kind of question. And part of it is like, I like the idea that, you know, again, the years of rice and salt, right? Like lived, you know, sometimes small experience, you know, the different, again, kinds of histories. I think that that's super cool, but I'm not sure like how you reconcile those bits, right? Because we get the alternate history in sometimes really oblique kind of ways, you know, you, know, you kind of have to piece them together. And I think on the one hand, that's pretty cool, right? Like, so, you know, you get to learn a lot of these details uh, through, you know, sometimes they're dropped in way later, you know, like towards the end of the book and they're going back and talking about some of the things that happened. I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. And I think that's maybe the way that, you know, sometimes maybe you study history. I don't know. Um, maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm not a, you were. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not really, I, I mean, it's how you're forced to study history, Okay, but you know, it, when you're writing a narrative, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So, so I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think it's like one hand is like, I want the story of these souls, right? Or I want the history, but it just kind of felt like maybe neither was as satisfying as they could be, or I don't even know where I'm going with this. There's just, there's something about it that didn't work for me. And um, clearly the Bardo stuck in my memory. And I think it was because I was really interested in, you know, the souls. And maybe that's just like sort of a, you know, like a Western way of looking at it or something. Like I demand teleology. I would like, you know, character development in this way. And I, and I don't get it. And then I think, yeah, my favorite part of it kind of dropped off. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm this, this, that's the part I really looked forward to each time. And maybe you just had to work harder to see some of the, the consequences or the different the different stories. But one of my favorite switches, I think, was with the K character, you know, just raging out and then sort of saying, you're going to get punished. And then opened it with that tiger mm -hmm. part of the story. And oh, I loved that part. So. Oh, it's wonderful. And it was a neat little moment later when the K character dreams of being a tiger. Yeah. I love that little kind of stuff. But... Like the really long speeches about the nature of history. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I can do without it. Yeah, I've, I've got a note in here about page 544, and I don't remember what was happening then. I think it's the war, maybe? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, where I... The note is that he gives up on characters, and it's just an info dump. Oh, right. And, like, there's no character in this entire little chapter here. It's, it's only, like, four pages, but it's just, like, I I need to have connection from here to here so I have to give you all of this information and this is how I'm going to do it and I don't know it, it doesn't work very well for me no no I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> so I found myself 
I found myself skimming. I, you know, I really, at that point in time, I thought, if you want to write an essay, you know, if I'm going to pick up a journal or I'm going to do something like that, you know, maybe I'd be happy to read that. I like that kind of thing sometimes. But I, I don't want it in my fiction. No. Uh, and so I, I thought, yeah, a lot of that stuff was super tedious. And I made me think of, like, part of what I enjoyed... Okay, maybe so I enjoyed the first part of the chapter because I think it was so centered on that character. So when he's wandering around, you know, those cities that are empty, you know, you start to, you know, you fill in the blanks, you know what had happened. And I thought that that was cool. But again, we were there with him discovering. And I think that that feels way different than... <laughs> please to read my long essay about about this and then also I think like interpreting it for you and very much so I like I said I've read some of his other stuff and but not a lot of the recent stuff mm-hmm. and I know he's primarily become or at least my impression of him is he's focusing on climate change mm-hmm. and like near future in the next couple hundred years and things like that and combining that with this I almost as I'm hesitating to say this, but it, it feels like he thinks he knows what's wrong with everything mm-hmm. and what could fix it if only like he was in charge. I don't know if people would listen, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I don't really have time for that. I don't think I want to get a Christmas card from Tom Robinson. <laughs> I, I think I'm off that list. <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm sure that you know if you're a fan. Like enjoy it. it. That is for you. Clearly, there are a bunch of people that wanna that wanna read that. I just realized that I'm that I'm not, and I, I feel a little bad about it. I mean, I'll still like this will stay on my shelf. It's not like I'm gonna, you know, immediately go sell it. I mean, maybe it's in the rotation for when things get tight and it'll get pulled away. Uh, <laughs> but it it was a little bit of a it was a disappointing reread. Yeah, and I I think. Maybe it's just, you know, you said it was like 20 years ago, you know, and I think I was so maybe pleasantly surprised because I, I think I had tried to read maybe the one of the Mars books mm-hmm. and could see, you know, like the bones of like why it might capture someone, but it hadn't, you know, oh no, I just can't get into this. And then I saw this other one, I said, okay, well, this feels more, and I mean, it's, a, you know, it begins with a disease narrative, which is so my jam. So I was super excited about that. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yes. And so I picked it off, uh, you know, I think I got it from the public library, you know, like from one of the, you know, here's the new paperback, or not paperbacks, the hardbacks. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to scoop this up. And then I think I was really, really interested in it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be surprised if I skimmed the same sections, you know, mm-hmm. that I that I did this time. But there was enough of the goodwill that had embedded itself into my memory that, like, if you had said, do you like this book? I'd be like, oh, that book's great. I can't tell you how many times I've recommended this book to people. In the last 20 years, like, oh, that's a great book. You're going to love it. I, I don't know if anybody ever read it based on my suggestion, but. Yeah, I would have to, I would reserve that now for a very particular kind of reader. I don't know if the person's like, you know, um, you know, uh, Neil Stevenson's my favorite writer. You know, maybe you're like, well, maybe. Well, you know what? I was reading a lot of Neil Stevenson at the time because that was Cryptonomicon and the system of the world. We're all coming out around that same time. And, you know, maybe this kind of stuff was just my jam back then. It's, yeah, it's, it's very possible. Um, I, I mean, that was never really my jam, you know, but, yeah. um, but I think that, yeah, so I don't even know what happened. It was just a very, very interesting and weird experience. So I, I should embrace it for that. 
Um, but this did not feel like, you know, returning to old friends. It didn't feel you know, comfortable. Absolutely it, not. I mean, well, like the things that we remember were not any of the characters that were in this book. They were the narrative structure of the book. And I, I definitely know more about my reading habits now than I did then. That is not a thing that I'm going to want to go back to. Yeah, I like questions of narrative narrative structure. I find them interesting, but I also think that it's a very distanced kind of thing where you step back from a text and say, okay, this is how it's constructed. That's an interesting device. It doesn't necessarily make it fun you know, to sink down and read. So I, I started feeling like I was reading for school. Yeah, the thing that I, I just found this note, the thing that this reminded me of the most at times was Lord of the Rings. When you get to these big, long descriptions or like this happened and this happened. And I mean, there was so much that could have gone on, but it goes into description of, you know, the war chapter, right? Where there's just all this stuff that keeps happening and it's disconnected from character to a large degree. That felt like Lord of the Rings to me. You know, those passages where you you get to a long description of a mountain or a tree or something like that and obviously people love that so there's absolutely an audience for this i don't know if it's the same audience or not but it it is not focused on the things that i care about as much right yeah it's it's tolkien being super excited about you know like old epic forms and i'm you know going to try my hand at this or or you know i've worked out the linguistic system of that it's like that's awesome Oh, no, I do not want to read that at all. And and this sometimes really felt like the who would invent, you know, this device or make this leap. And okay, well, we'll just have these almost little puppet characters and we'll just put them in there because I want to say like at this point in time, this is this is where this comes from. And, you know, I could note it and say, oh, great. But, you know, a lot of that stuff I don't know or I don't care to remember. You know, I don't care who invented it. you know this again i know that that's crappy but you know it's like who cares about gravity you know but it just i don't so i wasn't enchanted to say sort of say like oh that's great that this person like measured the speed of sound or whatever that some of that stuff on. i found interesting i mean I, that one i remember so it probably was more interesting than the vast amount of stuff that i was like oh some of that stuff i i found interesting the scientific method stuff there were little things, and I had to do a lot of looking up, mm-hmm. like to try and figure things out for myself, to figure out what a reference was, to figure out who some of these characters were, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, history is a gigantic thing, right? I don't have a grasp on all of it, and certainly these cultures in particular during these time periods, even though this is alternate history, like some of this stuff, I would have no idea about what was going on, you know, in... India or the the Muslim world in 15th century, 14th century. But there were things like, uh, I think it's Chomolungma, the mountain, which is Mount mm-hmm. Everest. which That's the original name for it, mm-hmm. right? I had to Google that to find out. That detail of it being bombed enough to make it the second highest mountain in the world, that felt like some real realistic bullshit. Like <laughs> there were absolutely be people who are like, yeah, this is a good idea. We're going to bomb the hell out of this mountain to make it shorter than our mountain. Yeah. 
I've again forgotten that that little detail or huge detail, but <laughs> well, and then that one does come back later in the book where mm-hmm. they're making the bricks to rebuild the mountain, which I thought was a, a really neat detail. Could have taken a lot of that, you know. Yeah, and maybe if there had been more of them, or it felt great. So I can't decide if it was, like, it didn't feel like it was a delicious enough carrot, right? Like, when you finally arrive at it, where you're like, <laughs> wow, I'm, wow, okay, I'm, like, fixating on this one thing, because I had to read, you know, people talking about Aristotle for a while, and I just... So. Well, I, I think it is what you said. It's not what I wanted it to be. Uh, right. Which is, I mean, it, there's going to be books like that, and so criticism of it... You can only go so far. Sure. It's just, it's not what I was expecting. Yeah. So I think ultimately it's probably, again, more about, yeah, like me as a reader, you as a reader, than the book itself. But I just find maybe, like, I'm a little, I feel like a little bit more adversarial. It's like, past Wendy, what was your deal? <laughs> so <laughs> why? And I mean, maybe it's just, that's the rereader thing, right? Is that sometimes you, you, you can't go back. I will tell you something horrible. Which is that I think you could make like a great 10 episode season of TV out of this. Oh, facts. Like if somebody was going to come through and just pick little bits and have those characters be consistent. I mean, you do it kind of like Cloud Atlas. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you ever saw the film. No. uh, Where they've got the same actors in different points. Mm -hmm. And that helps the the visual part of it, tie everything together. I think that'd be great. I would watch that. Absolutely. Right. Yes, and we would have a great time, and then all of the like Kim Stanley Robinson fans would probably like this is crap. We've they dumped it. Down. Where's the discussion of history? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's for stupid people. I say yes, yes, yes it is. We are um, enjoying it. <laughs> exactly. More popcorn. But yeah. So I didn't even. I didn't take extensive notes. Yeah, I was. I was trying. I mean, it's a long book. You know. So I just. You know, so I felt bad because I had made, like, basically a vow. <laughs> it's like, okay, I know that the last time we talked I was super loosey-goosey with stuff. I had forgotten a bunch of it. I thought, oh, let me take better notes this time. And I thought, no, this is just too too much and too exhausting. I did. I found uh, KimStanleyRobinson.info, which is not his site. Okay. But it is lovingly constructed. And it seems like it's pretty well done. And so they had done a nice little synopsis of each of the 10 books and, and broke it down. Uh, but one thing I did appreciate was their character list. And it, but it just like listed. So they had, and maybe this was elsewhere, but it said like B, the B characters. And then they listed them as Believer or Faith. Hmm. And K, the Rebel, Action. I, the Scientist, Thought. Sure. Um, S, the corrupt leader, laziness. Yeah. Uh, then they had P, the wanderer, humility. And I guess I remember maybe some every once in a while, but I think that was one I lost track of. P and was definitely one of the ones where I was like, wait a minute, is this part of the group? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Z, the warrior, strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just appreciated, I guess, the list. I mean, I had picked up on the, the repeated you know, names, which... Thank you for that device. I felt that that was super helpful. Um, it is. And, and I think part of, I mean, one of the reasons I would have enjoyed this the first time is picking up on stuff like that mm-hmm. and putting together, like, who's who and trying to find, like, analogs to real world history and, like, just from the clues that are in here, figure out, like, because, I mean, they, there are a couple times where you get, like, the actual calendar year. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not think that 20 years ago I would have known, oh, okay, I need, just need to go and look at, 
like the Islamic calendar. Right. And that will tell me, I can figure out, you know, the uh, Gregorian year. I think that's what we're in. I, I think it's Gregorian calendar. I think so. But yeah, putting stuff together, I maybe should have looked for extra resources. So this time it feels like an exercise in figuring out how things would have ended up the same mm-hmm. is a note that I took. Yeah, so. and I would agree. I think it's funny, under, just back to this website, analysis and criticism, and it has four bullet points. It says, world ends up quasi the same. Yeah. And that just feels depressing. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't expect it to be a utopia or something like that, but, uh, and then the Bardo suggests Buddhism is true. Maybe history is teleological process. Form not adapted for novel, thematically linked short stories. I mean, so not like the best, you know, kind of list there. But I did think the world ends up, you know, pretty much the same. Do you read a lot of alternate history? You know, I don't. I don't read a ton of it either. I don't think I've ever read anything on this scale. Mm -hmm. Where it starts and then it continues on for uh, 600 years, 700 years? Something like like that, that, yeah. It seems like it's an maybe an interesting thing, but I think that part of the the deal was, you know, just like once you get up to, like I liked the older stuff, I think, but there was something about mm-hmm. like when it when it spools out and maybe it's closer to like contemporary times or or something. I found it to be less interesting, and I don't know if that was some of the narrative changes or the questions or it's just not stuff that I that I think about. But I usually weirdly. I also see it like alternate history a lot of times with military stuff. You do get a lot of it there. Like maybe. Harry Turtle Dove is the that, giant. Yeah, and, and that's maybe what it is. Have you ever read any? I don't think I've ever finished one of his books, no. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not really into the military stuff. Yeah. I, I don't care that much, so. Yeah, I like military stuff really only, you know, like, uh, I think I've said again, Die Hard, like I really like the Horatio Hornblower story, but that's not for me a military story as much as it is about, like, honor and friendship and growing and responsibility and those kinds of themes, which I find interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't care about, and a lot of the times it's, you know, what if the other side won the Civil War? What if, you know, the Nazis are like, well, okay, definitely don't want to read that now. You know, like that kind of stuff just doesn't. And I'm not trying to be reductive, you know, and sort of saying like that's what all of it is. It's just that that might be like the first kind of brush, but those kind of questions don't really interest me a whole lot at all. I mean, unless it's, yeah, somebody like way cooler <laughs> that yeah. would do that. I don't read a lot of it either. And so maybe this is exactly what that kind of reader wants is mm-hmm. this just long interpolation of things that could have happened. And just sitting here and thinking about this, I I mean, I can see the other side of the argument where if things were radically different and like, uh, like all of Islam was open to women being part of every part of life and society, mm-hmm. like he would get destroyed for okay. coming up with utopia situations like that. So I'm not gonna say it's a no-win situation, I'm just going to say what is there was not appealing to me for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But such a, I mean, just an awesome premise, I think. Yeah. Like, just, I really, I liked that. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, just not a not a super fun reread. No. And as much as we have complained about this book being long, mm-hmm. I think if it was a trilogy, it could have been better where you've got actual mm. characters worked through all of this stuff instead of just moving to the info dump phase to get everything in there. Right, yeah, and I think that's a really good point. And I probably, it's quite possible that I would have read a trilogy like that 
if it had given me again like maybe something to care about aside from just an intellect I don't want to say like just an intellectual exercise but it, it just wasn't wasn't all that interesting to me kind of so when you were saying about you know the, the pleasure and maybe like you know tracing things I, I'm gonna guess I got into that but it made me think of way back when you know, I, I was like an Anne Rice fan, mm-hmm. and I just remember very specifically trying to read The Witching Hour, which is this just a tome. It's huge, and I don't know why. I think it was back. Well, when I was when I was young, I felt like I had the time, and I would read every book that I had started to the finish. Now I'm like, no, like life is short. Absolutely, you do not finish it if it's if it's not doing it for you. But I remember, and the only way that I could get through that book was to like sort of physically sit there and make the family tree. <laughs> I just remember that was what kept my interest. Oh, look, a new person, just because I found the rest of it to be tedious. So. Sorry, um, Witching Hour fans and Here's a Right Slum Salt fans, but I just, but yeah, but I guess like once you do that once, I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. No. I'm not mad that I reread it. No. But had we not had like this on the books, I would not, have, I would not have finished it. I would have just said no. Nah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'll go back to it. Oh no, I can't see myself. No. Maybe that first chapter again. You know, but they would be definitely like, I'm going to flip through and see like that description or, oh, I, I really like that writing style. Let me look at that. Uh, but the rest of it, no. I think that's it. It is. <laughs>